Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Radical Podcast. I'm here with Trace Decker. He is a Grandmaster Carry Optics competitive shooter and my good friend here. So Trace, I'm glad you finally sat down with me for this podcast. Yeah, it's uh, been a long time coming. I think we were supposed to do this a while back, so. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a few <laughs> months ago. <laughs> okay, 2022. <laughs> As with life. Right, right. So for you, who first introduced you to, to firearms? So probably like everybody else, my dad kind of brought me into guns. Of course, it was 22 cricket and whatnot. But uh, I, I think I was like eight years old shooting <laughs> soda cans and whatnot. And uh, I didn't really shoot any pistols until I was like 15 or so. And of course, I think it was a Ruger Mark IV. And that's what I learned to shoot a pistol on. So a little bit drastic what I'm at, what I'm shooting now. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you grow up hunting or? Yeah. Uh, I think I started hunting about, I think I was 10, 11. Of course, I had a break action 243. So, fun. And uh, I think, I think I hunted until I was about 14. And uh, I kind of, got away from that and started picking up sports and stuff like that so kind of got out of hunting yeah sports and like you know introduced to the female variety yeah 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 <laughs> of course that takes up a lot of time in itself so <laughs> <laughs> it's so true it's so funny when people are like talking about junior shooters and like just don't worry he'll hit the the female phase soon he'll be gone no <laughs> yep i've seen it a lot <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. So like for you, were you naturally just like really good at shooting or was it something you had to work on or did you kind of have that from the get go? I mean, whenever I first started shooting the sport, I mean, I was average at best, but I really had to put the time in and I really didn't do it live. I kind of just, it was constantly just messing with the gun. I mean, anytime I was had free time at home I was always had the gun in my hand just I had one mag and I literally just <laughs> dropped it out and put it back in so it was that was pretty much it but Humble beginnings what gun was this it was Glock 19 that was the first gun you bought yep that was yep. the very first gun I bought you know it's 95 percent Glock yeah for all of us yep and honestly, whenever I started shooting USPSA, I shot the 19 for like two years huh. and I just never switched to anything else. Did you use, a, did you shoot limited or what division? Yeah, I shot limited. Okay. Minor yep. then? Yep. Limited minor. That's what yep. I'm still doing with my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man. Now I know your brother shoots as well. So like, when did he start getting into the competition shooting as well? Like when you did or different times? Well, we both actually started at the same time. I, of course I started with the Glock 19 and he started with the Glock 17. And, uh, we just, we found one club. Of course it's rock castle. Everybody knows what rock castle was. 
-hmm. And uh, of course, that was four years ago. And we started shooting their club matches, of course, once a month. And uh, we kind of made friends through that. And then we started going to other little local clubs. But we didn't really start shooting any actual majors until like two years after we started shooting. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you're you're born and raised Kentucky. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, so who's more competitive? Honestly, that's a toss up. I mean, neither one of us like to be beat. So it's it's kind of good both of us being on the same squad. Of course we're different divisions, but mm-hmm. we're always chasing each other. Yeah. Did y'all shoot, but did y'all shoot limited together at the same time or did you always split off in it? Okay. You did. We, we shot limited together for a while. And, uh, so I always had a, had a pretty hard time with irons because my eyes, like they wouldn't, I had bad eyes. Of course I had that fixed with LASIK, but, um, you're young to have that done. Yeah. Yeah. I decided to get it done early, but, uh, like, Whenever I started shooting, I, like he was always better than me, mm. truth be told. But uh, once I figured out the irons was a problem, I switched to CO, and he was he was still shooting limited minor with a seventeen L, and uh, <laughs> it it kind of evened out there. And uh, of course, he's at production now, so yeah. it's, he's a at a little bit of a disadvantage. So if he came up to you and said, who's a better shooter or who was a better shooter back then, <laughs> would you still admit that? It depends on if he's in the room or not, <laughs> which he's not right now. So I'll be honest. I mean, it's recorded now. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. Okay. So I've never had this experience. I kind of want to learn about it. Like how do how do you and your brother like train together? Do you train together? Do you stage plan together? Like how does that dynamic work? Honestly, we really don't train together that much. That way, like I have my set time to do it, and then he has his set time to do it. That way, we don't interfere with each other. And uh, like of course, stage plans. It's kind of he shoots production, I shoot CO, so it's kind of hard for him to use any of my stage plans. So. But, uh, I mean, of course, we both bounce ideas off of each other at matches. That way, everybody sees something a little bit different. So, it's always good to have a second pair of eyes on it. Yeah. So, do you guys, like, help each other really during a match or on a squad? Like, that oh, is yeah. beneficial? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we we've shot with each other enough. And, of course, we're brothers. But we can tell when something is bothering the other person. So, we can kind of bounce bounce off of each other awesome. get her get her heads back straight if that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> now have y'all shot anything other than uspsa um we have both shot um we shot a little bit of three gun but we never like we shot club matches yeah. and we didn't bring a shotgun so we just took penalties on whatever what? And, uh, That's not three yeah. gun. You shot two gun with <laughs> <laughs> a handicap. <laughs> what the heck? But uh, we've shot quite a few run and gun matches. Of course, we shot several of the matches before Rockcastle closed. Yeah. Of course, their hard. their run and gun matches was awesome. But uh, of course, we shoot uh, 
we've shot heartbreak several times at BGSL. Is that the, it, the muddy slinging rifle? Yeah. What, yeah. It's, walk me through that. Like I've never done that. So we do the 10 case and basically it's uh, what you leave the start line with is what you have the entire, entire match. So um, I think it's sometimes it's over 10 K like close to 11 K. Sometimes it's a little under, so it's different, oh. different trail every time. And uh, of course you have to take all your, all your ammo loaded in Mac, everything full kit, but it's, it's honestly really fun. So, I think they have two obstacles, obstacle courses at Heartbreak. And last last February, I got to do it, and it was a muddy mess. It was nasty. All the photos from that. Yeah. So is it is it just you know neutralized target two on brown? Like, what's their scoring? Um, honestly, they shoot a lot more steel than like just big silhouette steel. Of course, yeah. they shoot, I think they shoot out to 300 at eight inch plates and stuff. So I, there's been a few matches that I've went to that they shoot paper, but I can't really remember. I don't shoot enough of their matches. To remember, <laughs> everybody does it a little bit different. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. So why do you shoot those just for funsies? It, just for fun. I We've got a another set of friends that really don't shoot USPSA and, uh, I kind of just do that to kind of get a break from USPSA sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get burnout? <laughs> sometimes it's, it's normally about the winter season whenever I'm not getting to shoot. So it kind of, it's kind of hard to keep the fire burning whenever you're not going to locals every weekend. So, yeah. but it's about to get started back up. So for sure. For sure. Do you have indoor ranges or y'all just only go to the outdoor? So my brother actually works at a gun store now and he has access to an indoor range. So that works out pretty good for him. But uh, we actually have a range right behind our house. So that makes it pretty easy too. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm seeing a trend. <laughs> All of these top competitors have land or property and can walk out their door and shoot. That's, that's the trend. It makes it easier for sure. Uh, yeah. it, it makes it easier to find the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever slept all your three gun gear just to go to a practice for like seven hours? <laughs> three guns? No, I, I don't think I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> the nightmare. nightmare. I'm now I'm going off on a tangent, but like Brennan, I feel like is the most patient person to be working in a firearm store full of like, you know, dum-dums. <laughs> well, it's, it's honestly pretty funny because as soon as he gets home from work, he has like 40 stories to tell me about people that he sees. And I'm like, of course he's back. He's one of the RSOs working the range. So yeah. he sees the grunt of it. I mean, <laughs> he's got some, he's got some killer stories, but of course uh, what's, what's funny about it is all the people that work there don't really, none of them shoot competition. So they don't know what a GM level shooter is actually like. And it's, it's honestly just hilarious. Does he ever demo? Like, yeah. Whenever he gets pushed to a certain point, he will. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like but, that takes a lot. It's just, I guess me knowing Brennan, you know, a lot better, but it's like, he's very patient. Yeah. He's, uh, he's patient to a certain extent. And then. Oh yeah. All yeah. of us are. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Him so a uh, little bit more than me though. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like for you, I mean, mastering like that, the dot was a lot easier. Whereas like people like me, I am struggling with the dot, you know, presenting the dot, finding the dot, transitioning targets and where the dot went. Like how does someone even learn to do all of that? What are drills that they can use? Honestly, I really didn't even use any drills per se, but it's just familiarity. And, um, of course, a lot of people I see that have problems with it, it's typically off the draw. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much finding it after the shot because it's just coming right back right back in your plan of view. So um, I see sometimes like in a super hard transition, people lose the dot, but it's just it's just getting used to it. I mean, there's no fast track to learning, <laughs> learning the dot. Yeah. But uh, the way the way I actually learned it, and it kind of sounds stupid, but uh, I actually went in my room and turned all the lights off and done my draw my dry fire that way because you have turned the dot really low, you have no reference on the gun whatsoever. So if the dot's in the window, you got it. But if it's not, you ain't gonna find it. So that was actually the quickest way I learned to pick it up off the draw. But um, in transition and everything like that, it's just you you have to get used to it. What um, setup do you shoot? What gun? What optic? Like what all have you done to your gun? Well, right now I'm shooting uh, X5 Legion. Okay. And uh, I have nothing about it is really an X5 Legion, but I've got a, I've got a Zev slide with its direct mount SRO and I found with the of course I don't like the sig dots at all I've seen way too many people have problems with them and um Trigicon stuff is just solid I mean I've I've broke one SRO but it was kind of intentional but uh I was at Florida Open of course I this was uh 2020 or 2021 I'm sorry and uh I had the regular legion slide with the springer precision plate and mid-match at lunch my plate come loose from the side from the slide so i had to go to the warm-up bay tighten everything back down and re-zero so after that match i was like i'm going with direct mount from here on out you don't have another point of failure right yeah right instead of four screws relying on four screws you're relying on two so and this is a whole lot easier to cinch back down yeah but uh of course i've done my own trigger work and uh i've got the uh the tungsten insert for the grip Mm -hmm. and gas pedal that's about it you have a gas pedal for minor huh yep how many people make fun of you uh not not really that many up until now Oh, no, no, no. The reason I said is I put one in my atlas because I thought it was fun. I really liked it. And then Honestly, everybody made I fun really, of me. <laughs> I, I don't really put any pressure on the gas pedal. It's yeah. just more of a reference point on But uh, it. But to be truthful with you, the main reason I even tried the gas pedal, all loaded table starts I had problems with picking it up, picking it up and every single time I grabbed the gun, it would drop the mag. And I did everything I could to find out a remedy for that. Yeah. And of course, everybody was telling me, well, you just need to pick up the gun right. Well, 
No, I, I want a mechanical fail safe that way. Mid-match, I'm not dropping the mag off the table. That's funny. That's hysterical. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's like a side charging yep. handle for PCC. Yeah, yep. it's easy to grab. I mean, open guns. You yeah. got the racker on the left hand side, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it puts it up into your hand better. No, no, I was made fun of, and I was pressured, <laughs> and I put it back in the regular one. So I, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I think they're cool. Want <laughs> <laughs> one? Oh man. Um, mm-hmm. when did have you always shot with the SRO, or did you switch dots? Uh, so whenever I started shooting CO, I shot with the RMR. Okay. And uh, whenever the SRO came out, I had to have one, and <laughs> I, I've stuck with it ever since. Of course, I've I actually bought one of the very first ones, um, like the first gen. But I started with a two point five. Okay. And after I tried a bigger dot, I I got three five MOAs. So of course, these are the second gens now, but. Uh, I've tried several dots and I've just had, I've probably got 40, 50,000 rounds on this dot alone. So, and I've never had any problems with losing zero or anything. So it's kind of hard for me to even try anything else whenever I know I can rely on this dot. Oh yeah. So you're not like a tinker or some of those dumb, dumb that just keeps trying to work. (laughs) If it works, why fix it? (laughs) There's a lot that do that that, though. I'm like, Oh yeah. Well, my brother is one of the worst he will that's a side point but <laughs> this is why we're here we want all the info if you can see this gun table right now i have more tanfolio parts laying around than i can count <laughs> that's awesome now um for the dot too like do you carry a gun with a dot or, or irons no i carry with dot every single gun i pretty much own has a dot on it same one though the trigicon uh, so I've got, I have a 365 XL. It has a Romeo zero on it, yeah. but that's just what it come with. Yeah. And, um, I've got RMR on a Glock 19, but I've also got my X5 rig with SRO on it. So yeah, pretty much everything's Trigicon. Well, I asked that just because like, I know, um, for me in my world, <laughs> moving from PCC to a pistol, like I try to have the same dots. It sounds silly, but like, it's just you get used to the dot and if you change dots right. it's hard to change right Even like my offset i try to do the same moa or same window or just make it look as similar as possible right so. yep. okay. now where do you see shooters fail the most at using a dot like what's your words of wisdom with carry optics i don't know really because uh as long as you can find the dot out of the holster, you're pretty much set. The bullets are going where the dot's going. So, I mean, if if you can find it out of the holster, that's uh, half the battle's already won. (laughs) (laughs) So like dry fire is probably a lot of that, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dry fire is big, big. I mean, I don't really, I don't dry fire a whole lot. I mean, even before a match, I might, maybe 15, 20 minutes the night before the match. And I probably won't touch the gun until the make ready, but, um, no, it's a, it's just familiarity with, it's just like anything else. It's just being familiar with, with whatever you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So like, you don't, huh, never mind. 
<laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. No. <laughs> oh, I was just kidding. No, we're good. Um, so like for you guys in in classification wise, like when you started limited, where were you at? Like classification wise, where'd you start? I think the very first class bar I put in was like B class, I think. And uh, I was actually looking at this earlier, and uh, I think it was 2018. I had one B class um, classifier in for limited, mm-hmm. and like the next classifier I shot was CO. So I didn't <laughs> shoot. I didn't shoot hardly any limited while I was an actual member. But uh, that's funny. But yeah, I was rocking B class back in the yeah. day. How fast did it take you to move up, though, from, like, just that shooting level with carry optics to Grandmaster? So, I hovered around A for, like, a year and a half or so. Something like that. And I really didn't, because that was back whenever, I think I shot one major, and it was back in, uh, it was 2018, uh, Indiana S&S. And uh, I actually won co as a b-class shooter then and that was my first major and i didn't shoot another major i can't even remember the next major i shot but uh um i really didn't try to progress like i i landed around a and i was just shooting local matches so i really didn't see the point of trying to make gm i just it I really didn't care because I wasn't shooting with anybody at that level. So I didn't know what that level looked like. Yeah. And, uh, I started, uh, I made some friends that done a lot of shooting back in the day. And, uh, they, they just kind of asked me if I wanted to get better. And I was like, I guess, um, and he, he let me know that there was a few drills that I could do. And, progressed as a shooter quite a bit and he gave me a few drills and i think within i think it was six or seven months it might not even been that long i made gm just wow like that and uh of course i always had the athletic ability to put down gm scores but i really didn't know what it took or what what i needed work on per se yeah and um I, of course, to this day, I still struggle with visual patience, but uh, that was my biggest weakness is I just, I was B-class B blazer, so. Accuracy by volume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it was, after I actually started putting in the work, it didn't take very long, but, of course, it's just like with anybody, I mean, whenever you actually want it, you can obtain it pretty quick. Yeah. Of course, it all depends on how bad you want it. Yeah. Who who coached and mentored you and your brother? So his name's Rick Ben Blaircom. And if you ever see him at a match, he's the older guy that has a gray ponytail. And he he stands out like a sore thumb. So <laughs> but and uh him and his wife travel and shoot together. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Him too. But uh they they're pretty much our range mom and dad. Mm. And uh he uh he started working with us, I think, right right about when COVID hit in 2020. And, uh, of course, I was at A class back then. And, of course, through COVID, I had all the time in the world to work on shooting. <laughs> and uh, 
of course the ammo supply wasn't the best but um yeah and uh hey they've helped us out a lot but they're in florida right no they actually live in tennessee okay oh yeah he's he's really uh he's really close with frank garcia at universal okay gotcha gotcha so what what do you do in live fire as far as training when you do go to the range it sounds like you don't (laughs) 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 oh what should you be doing trace (laughs) so really and truly the the biggest thing i need right now is a plate rack so i've actually got that in the works that way my my steel sucks and uh, i just yeah. I just don't have the visual patience for it. And uh, that's just something it's progressively gotten worse because <laughs> I, I keep trying, trying to force it and it's not working. So I've got to, I've got to do a whole lot of recalibrating before the season starts. Interesting. Interesting. Visual patience. I mean, can't you dry fire a little bit more for that too? <laughs> I probably could, but I won't. <laughs> what about like shooting steel challenge or like a falling steel match? Have you shot one of those? I've shot one steel challenge match and I honestly need to shoot more, but I just don't really, I don't have any desire to shoot steel challenge, but I know that's what I need. So that literally would change your game with visual patience. Yep. One of those. Yep. Oh, yeah. And gosh. I mean, Nobody wants to do something that they're not good at. And I think that's what I struggle with the most. <laughs> Just be sure that when you go to take video, please. <laughs> oh, Lord. They will definitely not be on the gram. <laughs> oh, come on. That's real life. That's real life. Your club has Steel Challenge, dude. I know where you're yeah. at. Oh, my gosh. Um, so what did it take to make GM? Like, what is the difference between A and GM or M and GM? It, it's honestly more about consistency than anything. and. Um, So back before I was really actually training, I would, I was always swinging for the fences and sometimes they'd hook and sometimes they wouldn't. And, uh, I just had to realize that the skill level was there. So I just had to read the sights and actually shoot what I'm supposed to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that's what, of course you start getting into the pros like, uh, Nils and all those guys. It's just a whole nother level. Like, of course, these guys have been doing it forever. So they have all that match experience to call back on. Yeah. But uh, it's it's just all about the consistency. Fair. What is your big dream in the industry, in the competitive shooting sports? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I did not expect to get where I'm at right now. I mean, yeah. looking back two years, I would. I wouldn't have thought that I'd have been on the super squad or anything like that. That just wasn't in my picture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course the first nationals I ever shot was back, uh, uh, 2020. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't even see myself shooting nationals, but, uh, I just, I never really looked that far into it, but whenever I started talking to Rick and going and training with him and stuff like that, um, uh, it kind of changed my perspective on the sport just a little bit. And, uh, of course, my goal was to make GM. And now that I've made GM, I really don't – I haven't really thought <laughs> much into it. <laughs> I, such a boy. 
<laughs> so you've never written down goals like at all or have you? No. Hmm. No. Nope. Everybody like, tells me I need to, but I, I like living day by day more than oh anything. My gosh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously you want to win, right? But like realistically, like knowing if you want to be top five, top 10, or even like area matches, like if you put in the time, the work, you know, beforehand, like, oh, I'm going to win this, you know, I think you can manifest some of that by writing it down. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Yeah. Might have to give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it's funny you're talking about, like, changing your perspective on the sport and stuff. Um, in general, and, like, this, this is kind of something that I ask some people that are more, like, spiritual-ish. But, like, do you think that competitive shooting has taught you stuff, like, outside of the shooting world that's changed your perspective on life or mental attitude or just, like, how has it changed you? Honestly, I, I don't know. Like, I know for, for one thing, of course, I work by myself and I do uh, somewhat construction work. And I know it has definitely made me more efficient in everything I do, like, like crazy. And, uh, of course, everything in this sport's about efficiency, doing, doing two or three things at once. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Of course, I'm a guy, so I don't really think that deep into stuff like a woman would, so... <laughs> I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have your. I'm Brennan on. I feel like he's the opposite of you. <laughs> he is bipolar. I mean, polar opposite. One hundred percent. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, before we dive into nationals, because I do want to get into that. Do you guys like reload your own ammunition for your? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of hard to do this sport right now without loading your own ammo. Yep. Yep. No, I'm diving into that, and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> well, I see it sitting back there. Yes. And yeah. it has not even been test fired of anything I have made yet. <laughs> I've already had to pull a few bullets. I like it's a whole thing, dude. It's just too much. Um so for now there, it's for looks right now. <laughs> like seventeen hundred dollars. Yay. It's a good centerpiece back there. <laughs> I'm just more mad it takes on my bench space. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Do you keep a clean bench or a disarray of stuff? I try to keep a uh, I try to keep a clean bench, but uh, my brother does not share that <laughs> that mentality. So that's story for another time. How old are y'all, by the way? What's the difference there? Uh, five years apart. I'm okay. 25. He's 20. Okay. 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 Yeah. So carry optics nationals, um, which is really cool. See, so you made the super squad in 2020, or did they have? Yeah, 2020. Uh, I, I actually did not make it in 2020 and I, to this day, I don't know. I just got thrown on the super squad <laughs> and, uh, of course it, it was kind of a big thing because the super squad didn't have any of the pros on it. Like JJ wasn't on it at one time. Uh, Max wasn't on it. Phil wasn't on it. Like all those guys was on a completely different squad. Yeah. And, um, I can't even remember who all was on it whenever I got thrown on it. And, uh, cause there was only like four or five shooters on the actual super squad. Yeah. And, uh, I think Jake Martins throwed me on the super squad. And then of course all the big boys started getting on it. And, uh, <laughs> but I had, I had no idea that I was going to be put on the super squad. Of course, me and my brother was signed up together Aww. and, uh, <laughs> 
somebody messaged me and was like, why are you on the super squad? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they was like, you're on the super squad. And I looked and I was like, what, what the heck just happened? So I had no idea that I was getting thrown on the super squad. It just happened. Oh my gosh. I think this is, this is like a month and a half or so before nationals. I was like, it just blew my mind. Of course that, it it threw me for a loop because I was like, I don't even know how to prepare for this now. Mm-hmm. Did you like shit your pants? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Or was it all at once, all of that? It, it was too many emotions at once. Like it was, it was overwhelming to say the least. So we do have emotional capacity in Trace's brain. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay, so, it so- just not, it, it just does not get expressed. We'll put it at that. Yeah, but this is why we're here to talk about it now. So, <laughs> we're reflecting. So pre pre super squad, were you actually putting in more training and effort for nationals or not really? Um, honestly, I kind of slowed down because, of course, primer shortage is oh. kind of killer on everybody, and I was trying to consolidate and say that way I can actually shoot this year. Yeah. So uh, I was kind of pulling back on the on the training and I think I was shooting maybe 300 rounds a week okay. just to kind of keep, keep a good solid basis. And, uh, typically about a week before I'll bump it up to about, I don't know, 600, just kind of double it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to overwhelm myself at the same time. And, uh, but that was pretty much it. I mean, of course my dry fire didn't really change. I mean, <laughs> maybe 15, 20 minutes a week. That's, that's about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So then post, yeah. So post super spot, once you found out you're on there, you didn't change anything. You didn't get no. more training or seat. Oh I, my gosh. I was, I was trying not to add any more pressure to myself than what already was. Yep. So I just tried to keep everything the same. <laughs> so do you think you have a good mental game or do you think that's where you struggle? I think that's where I struggle the most. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, nationals for me was, kind of a roller coaster of emotions but of course a lot of personal life going on yeah but uh of course of course it i didn't expect all that to happen of course especially two days before nationals but i mean after that my nationals was pretty much just shot so i was just going there to shoot the match honestly it was it was more shooting with the caliber of shooters that I was shooting with because if it hadn't been for that, I probably wouldn't have went to the match. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it, I was just basically going for a learning experience because it's not every day that you get to shoot with those guys. No, I was going to ask you that. What are some things that you did take away from shooting with them? What are some things that you were watching them when you're, when they were shooting? Like, what were you learning? Well, honestly, uh, the, the most I learned from them was, uh, so everybody has their their own little pre-shot routine, but it's all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it's it's more of the it's it's all about the mental side because that's where I lack the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, just watching all of them being cool and collected, like from the make ready all the way through, it was just surreal to watch. Yeah. But uh, those guys have been doing it for 20 some years. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was probably the coolest thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
and so for for all of that too like were you prepared like with area and sectional matches and local matches like do you think that helped prepare you for the stages that you saw at nationals to an extent of course uh the upper upper stages not so much because uh <laughs> you mean you don't carry ammo <laughs> no not typically i mean i i can't think of one major i shot this year that that was in play i mean i did shoot area three and there was some circus stuff going on but not quite like that yeah um, I, but that stage honestly I, I i didn't mind that as much as what was it 17 the one that uh was massive with the like yeah with the half swingers oh my, oh my god of course i didn't have to shoot it in the dark so i mean i had that going but don't you have a flashlight? <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> oh man, what was your favorite stage of that match? Um, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> um, it would probably, of course, I really like that stage that uh, you was R went on. Of course, I think I was. He did pretty good right up there. <laughs> I, I was right up there with Max on that one. That that might have been uh, your little help, a little pep talk. No, but uh, I can't remember the, which stage it was. It was it was another one of the speed shoot stages, and uh, you started outside, stepped in, and there was uh, it was I think a mini popper, big popper, and I think a paper, and then you went to the right, and then shot a paper, and then went up. I think it was twenty four rounds or so. It, it was, it was, I think it was in section B. I can't remember which stage it was though. That's not good. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Nationals is kind of a blur for me. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we don't talk about too much about that. Then, like, just outside of in shooting in general, like, what are your favorite stages to shoot and what are your least favorite? I, I really like technical style stages more than hosers i'm yeah i've just never really been a hoser because everything just falls apart for me but uh your more technical style matches like partials at 20 yards and stuff like that i i can and of course athletics style stages big runs and stuff like that i typically always prefer those over big hit factor hoser stages yeah yeah are you an AM or a PM shooter? Just... You know, I do not know <laughs> because I have not shot enough uh, like two day style yeah. matches to figure that out. So I was going to ask you that. Like, I mean, I kind of knew that about you. So I, was, I know I'm bringing back nationals, but like, <laughs> were you prepared for the three days of like being able to reset, refresh, like not think about day one? No. Now, no. that is one, of course, I've shot two nationals and I've yeah. never shot any area matches that was a split day. I always right. shot them in one day. So, of course, going one whole year without shooting a back to back match, it's it's just my mental game on that side is pretty weak because I'm always used to shooting it one day and being done. And mm -hmm. so. I think that's one thing I struggle with the most because I kind of put everything into day one and then two and three, just, I progressively get, I don't know if it's like I lose focus or I don't know. It's just, I'm definitely not the shooter on day one that I am on day three. It's just, 
it goes downhill pretty quick. What are you doing to work on that right now? Honestly, um, I think I'm signed up for Area 5. So it's a um, a full day. I think it's full day on Saturday and half day on Sunday. So I'm going to try to sign up for some more area matches. That's two days. So yep. that way I can get used to that. Because, yeah. of course, all I'm used to is going to locals and shooting. It, of course, it starts about 10 o'clock. And all I'm used to is shooting in the morning. So it's it's the p.m. more than more than the a.m. Yeah, yeah. Like area six, I'll do two day. I, so I think that is part of why sometimes like off training or other competitions can kind of help. I I know I'm mediocre at everything. Just three gun co- prepares me for three days of shooting, and from being there from shoot like seven a.m. in the morning, sometimes till seven p.m. at night, and like that's a lot to stay stay focused and mentally. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like when I go up to nationals, it's like for ROs two days. I'm like, okay. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause yeah. you're at a GM level, but just, you don't have the GM experience. I don't think. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I think what it was is I don't think I even have any major matches that I shot at anything. Of course, my first major I shot at B class level, but mm-hmm. all the others, I was a GM whenever I started shooting majors. So I really didn't have that. I don't know what you'd call it, but experience. Mm-hmm. at a lower level and uh so it's pretty much all or nothing <laughs> i'm gonna put you in some boot camping like you're yeah. in kentucky you should go like backpacking for three days and do endurance and like your meals your energy and like mental dude it's tough yep mm. yep do you read any books no, no podcast i mean i've i've read like stoger's book and stuff like that but i definitely don't read it for <laughs> for fun i'm just not wired that way <laughs> you listen to podcasts or no no oh my no. gosh hmm. Hmm. have you go ahead i mean i've listened to stoger's podcast and stuff like that just kind of pass the time while I lo- while I load ammo and stuff but yeah yeah I'm trying to figure out ways to help you. So like people listen, go tell Trace what, <laughs> what <there's> <laughs> you can do. Cause I think just like not even in shooting, but um, like some podcasts, like for me, like I listen to for business or marketing or whatever, right. Can help even into the competition world. So I don't know. There's something out there. Like mental, mental game strength. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to find something. Have you taken any actual formal classes from anyone? I have not actually. Um, I've, thought about it and i've had of course rick has been trying to push me to go to either smitty or frank or somebody like that but yeah I just i haven't really of course i mean it's it's part of it that i got to this level it's i guess it's kind of a pride thing i got to this level pretty much on your i mean yes i was given drills but i mean i learned what work. worked for me so it, it's I don't know. I just haven't really thought about it that much, hmm. but I guess if I get serious enough, I might. Yeah, it helps, but <laughs> it helps. It helps. <laughs> I changed my entire shotgun loading because of one class and it clicked and I was like, oh, I've been doing it wrong for this long. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. So thought. Yeah. Um, for, for new shooters that are kind of getting into this and they have zero match experience, like how do they go? How should they walk through walkthrough day? Like, should they 
check all the stages at major matches or if it's over a couple of days, do they just absorb, you know, what they're shooting the next day? Like how should they do that? So for me, I, I kind of like to, of course this is on two national matches of experience. So, I mean, um, but I like to at least walk all the stages at least once, like the first day or as in the day before the first day. Yeah. That way I have a general consensus of, what type of shooting I'm going to be looking at. Mm -hmm. And then I'll really look at the stages that I'm about to start on the next day. Like I'll really dissect those. And then after I shoot the first, the first day, mm -hmm. I'll look at the, the B, uh, the B portion or whatever. Next down. But, uh, yeah. That way I don't overload my brain with 15, 18 stages of stage plans and I can focus on, the six that I have ahead of me. Yeah. How often do you change those up based on like walkthrough day? Do you change it on day of occasionally? So unless I see something that is just extremely obvious, that is way better than what I had originally. I won't change it unless that's the case because I'm very bad at having a couple stage plans in my head. And then as soon as that buzzer goes off, one of them's going to play out and probably two of them's going to try to squeeze together. <laughs> so I try not to do that anymore. One of them's going to play out and two of them are going to squeeze together. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. And I feel like we need to write, well, it's, it's recorded, but we need to write that one down. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay. But in terms of walkthrough, like when you're breaking down a stage, what are you looking for? And how many times do you kind of like run over it just to make sure like you've got the game plan down? So really the, the first thing I kind of look for is uh, steps on a stage. So if I'm looking at it one or two ways, um, whichever way is the shortest step count, of course it's, if it's shorter by five or six steps, it, I'm definitely not even going to look at the other way. I mean, unless it's something, something kind of stupid, but, um, the step count is always the first. And then, uh, I will always try to figure out which is the best, most productive way to do a reload. And of course, Brennan, he's, uh, he's doing it every eight rounds. So <laughs> that's where we kind of separate, but, uh, I really don't worry about anything other than, um, I mean, other than like, uh, target orders. Whenever I come into shooting positions, I might change those up a little bit, but, uh, the only thing I'm really worried about is how many steps is on the stage and finding the quickest way to the end. Cause that's, that's what it's all about is getting to the end as quick as you can. So, yeah. Yeah. How often are you consistent in, in shooting a stage then? I have been getting better. Mm -hmm. um, of course, at nationals, I just I won't even consider that. But uh, <laughs> about uh, I think Kentucky sectional this year, everything, every every stage plan that I had in my head, it went exactly the way I wanted it to, oh. and that that does not happen very often, and. I kept that going pretty much just about every major. Yeah. But that was, that was one of the things that I struggled with as an early GM and as a class shooter is, um, uh, I would, 
I would have two stage plans in my head. Like I would think about two of them. And then uh, about midway through the stage, I would forget where I was at. <laughs> and I, I, I would pick one of the two stage plans. And uh, In the middle of that. In the middle of the head. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now, is your game plan like this year moving forward to try to squad with people that are better shooters? Like, do you think that helps you out or do you think that it's kind of like intimidating? Um, honestly, to a certain extent, it's a little bit intimidating for me because I'm not used to shooting with people on the same skill level or better. Yeah. So I found that out real hard at Area 6 this year because I was shooting with Smitty and uh, I was trying to chase him all yeah. matched of course it just fell apart for me and i found out real quick that i do not do well for chasing people yeah. and uh that's that's one thing that it's kind of hard for me to work on because i don't have that opportunity other than major matches right and uh, so i have not figured out how to work on that for myself yet yeah i mean i know a lot of people uh turn away from watching someone shoot right so they don't go and do that but then it's hard to look away too because you're you're on that field but yeah right. when you don't we don't play your game or just do your thing and try to chase someone i think that stages blow up pretty quickly yep, yep. so you're still yeah you're, yeah good go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say you're you're very much like I, I think you're an amazing shooter by the way i just you're very much well, i appreciate that you're an incredible shooter. It's just like, there's so much more to shooting than just shooting that. I think that's like right. you're backing up and learning. I mean, we yeah. all are, but that like comparison game is really hard to do. Yep. It's really hard. And, uh, oh shoot. I lost train thought. No, you're good. Um, it might come back to me. Okay. <laughs> so basically you need a squad with friends. Have you, have you ever worked a match actually? I have not actually. Okay. I wonder, I, like my challenge to you maybe this year is to work one match. doesn't have to be major or maybe a semi-major and like go shoot on RO day and see if that's easier. Cause like RO day, it's still same rules, same stuff, but I feel like it's a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more fun. It might do you some Yeah, good. I can see that. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Or just shoot on RO day. Like maybe, you know, don't work match, but major matches that have the RO day, like squad there, see what happens. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes it it makes it more homely. It's, yeah. it's like shooting local. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. It's a lot, a lot of fun. So if you if you had to switch divisions, by the way, like out of Carry Optics, like what what would you go to next? <laughs> I would really like to shoot open, but mm -hmm. I tried that for a while, and uh, open did not agree with me very well. I I had so many gun problems. Of course, I mean that was kind of due to buy a used gun but oh my lord i had so many problems i got really good at uh and uh clearing out malfunctions i mean really good at it but uh i would really like to shoot open but with a lot better gun okay fair enough but because i mean all all those top guys like max jj all those guys they're well profound open shooters and i think course that speed just carries over to co 100 percent. yeah so it's not the gun problems with open or do you struggle with open any other way no i really i really don't struggle with open in any other way like i i know some people they can't handle the uh the comp mm -hmm. like it really messes with them but none of that really bothers me 
I just had a shitty open gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, are you one of those people that like checks scores each day, by the way, of major matches or like immediately after, like, you know what I mean? Or is that in your head? I, I do. I, of course, everybody checks scores. I mean, not everybody, not everybody. I don't know, but <laughs> I look at the scores, but I don't, um, analyze them really. Like I just kind of see where I'm at. Of course, this is just from nationals. So all my, all my other matches is just one day. And of course, yeah, you're done. So you can't change anything out of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, at nationals, I, I would look at my scores, but I wouldn't really place any value on it because I didn't want that to affect my next day. Because oh. if I'm going to think about it, it's going to affect it negatively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, What about like seeing who's shooting in your division too? I mean, that's something that trips a lot of people up. They're like, oh, but you know, they're in my division. I was like, so they could have a gun malfunction. They could DQ. They could not, you know, have a good match. So there's a lot yep. that can go on where people already they almost like set themselves up for failure by looking at the app or even RO day scores right before they even go and shoot. Yep. So. Yeah. I, I really don't pay attention to that much. Cause I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing that you can do that will affect the outcome. I mean, you have no control over what the other guy is putting in. Yeah. You only have control over what you're putting in. So the dude could be shooting 5,000 rounds a week. You just don't know. Or the gas. So, right. right. <laughs> I had to do that to you. <laughs> not me. Certainly not me, obviously. But <laughs> no, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, for, for 2022 then. Um, what matches are you shooting? What are your goals that are in your head not written down for them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I might write them down after you pointed that out to me so many times. So, but as of right now, I'm shooting, um, I think I'm signed up for, uh, Kentucky sectional. I'm signed up for, I just signed up for area five and I don't think I, uh, don't think I've signed up for any others yet. Well, what's in your to-do list or will probably shoot list well i wanted to shoot georgia state again but i don't believe they're going to be back at uh they're not they, they moved it yeah. it's on memorial weekend a different range yeah. what about georgia um, river bend is awesome it is that was a good match or I, I didn't fall <laughs> how about that didn't fall and i got hi lady i have a championship plaque really yeah how about that that was fun how about that yeah who knew <laughs> no that was cool um tennessee is gonna be back at orsa this year so that's like two hours i would think oh that's right i am signed yeah. up for atomic blast too okay i'll I see forgot about that one yeah sweet and then you'll do area six i would hope i would think maybe <laughs> is it back at uh uh it's back at the same range, ain't it? I think so. I'm really yeah. bad about that. Really bad about that. So you're going to shoot nationals? Yes. I actually just got the inv invitation the other day. So Congrats, I'll dude. I have to make that on the list, too. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I'm curious. Have you ever thought about trying to, then? I have thought about that quite a bit, actually. Really? Because like, uh, you've already got the... The muddy bullshit. Can you imagine shooting yeah. a USA a breeze? Yeah. <laughs> With no plate. But, uh, of course, getting a PCC gun 
it's it's all about funding, honestly. Um, two, pick one. Oh crap! I shouldn't open my mouth. Like two hours. Yeah, there's no <laughs> excuses. You know you shouldn't do because like there's so many people around you that would find you a gun to borrow and drop of a hat. Hey, we're 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 on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would be really good at that though, because I mean, PC has a dot. You can shoot open division. It's run and gun, essentially. Hmm. Yeah. I know it's far mm. this year, but I think there are some two gun matches that might be worthwhile for you to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think uh, two gun nationals is back at uh, CMP, ain't it? Mm. Is it not? Colorado. I it was. Colorado. Is it? So is CO the only one and that's it? Uh, low cap, like L10. Low cap. Okay. L-Sack? Yeah. In May, I think. I can't remember. Okay. That's right. But like, so Max Lee Grannis is doing some, some different matches out, um, out West. So I'll be doing his like PCL three gun and mm-hmm. then carbine series. So he's doing a lot of different stuff out there as well, but right. anyways, okay. <laughs> switch gears, enough of the competition. Stuff. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about a little bit of the perfect personal defense stuff. Um, it's so like, did you start caring when you turned 21 or I don't know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, of course I was that guy that whenever I turned 18, I started open carrying and I cringe on that every day, but that's beside the point. No, but, um, I think that's important learning. We've all started somewhere. Right. Right. There, there are people that have been on this podcast that have bought a, um, high point. So. That was- well, I, I can't say that I've done that. So. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to make <laughs> you feel better here. <laughs> no, I, so two things to that point. Um, why do you think it's important to like go out and get your permit or, or start carrying a gun? And then can you break down seriously, um, your perspective on open carry and why you're for it against it, you know, things to be cautious of. Cause I'm also not, I'm anti open carry. Well, see, um, I, I think everybody that owns a firearm 100% and well, that actually trained with their gun should get their concealed carry. and. Um, I am, I'm just like you, I'm 100% against open carrying because I mean, you're just showing the world what, what you have. So yeah. um, I, I, the thing about it is, is I'm not going to pull out my gun unless I have to use it. And that's 100%. I mean, close family, whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many legal legal stuff repercussions after the fact so yeah yeah but you're totally a target when you're open carry your target oh yeah 100 percent. some of these holster rigs i see or non-holster rigs i see where someone could just like a kid would be thinking it's a toy and just pick it out of someone's you know waistline yep. it's it, it's scary to say the least yeah and like yeah so like you're gonna be your first point of target you want that gray man series i try i try to be yep. better about like not wearing gun stuff too much in public mm-hmm. yeah yeah hats is the big thing yeah like i see it all the time it, hats is like the first thing i notice out of anything like you can choose not to wear like gun gun related shirts and stuff like that but hats hats really stand out <laughs> yeah yeah it's a smaller industry than people think it's like oh we we know what that is uh-huh. <laughs> it's interesting yep. so you carry the dot i just started carrying with the dot and i really 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 enjoy that um do you think like more people should try that or just you know run what they like or 
Well, I, I think more than anything, it's what you're used to. Like, I don't think people should just go straight to a dot without shoot. understanding how to shoot the dot. And, uh, cause it's, if the dot ain't in the window, it's kind of useless. So, but, uh, no, I, th- I think it's more of whatever you're comfortable with. So, I mean, all I shoot is a dot. So, of course, I'm going to carry with a dot. But I can't tell anybody else. That's the way. <laughs> yeah, that is the way. Uh, do you have backup irons on yours? Uh, of course, the 365, it don't. But the 19 does, and none of my, none of my X5s do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, they, they're kind of obnoxious now that I did it. They're like in the way of the dot in the window because they're all in up, which I get. But for me, I kind of like having the, the night sights on there just for peace of mind. Right. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> they're there. Um, so what's your opinion or, and, or mindset on carrying a gun daily? Like what are those habits look like and why, why should someone do it every single day? Um, well, I mean, Number one is if you're carrying concealed, you need to keep it concealed. So, of course, I carry appendix every every way I carry is appendix, but it's pretty easy to keep it concealed. But people that's like three o'clock and stuff like that, I mean, you really have to, whether you're reaching a top shelf or whatever, you got to be mindful of what your garment's doing. But, um, yeah. Um, Train of thought. Poof. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mindset though, every day. Like when you put on a gun, like, you know, what are you thinking about? What are you looking for when you're out and about? Like what's on your mind? Or what changes? It, it I'm always um just being aware of what's around you and everything like that. I mean, it's not letting your guard down. I mean, it is, but um it's you don't want to be the guy that's like straight up staring at everybody. Like whenever you're sitting down and eating and like scanning everything, you don't want to be that guy because you look just as uh, suspicious <laughs> Suspicious as the guy that's open carrying. So you don't want to do that, but it's just being mindful of what's around you and uh, whether you're filling up, filling up your car or whatever, it's just paying attention. And that's the easiest thing to do is just pay attention to what's around you. And, uh, of course I'm always kind of reading people's body language. So that's a person's body can tell you a lot. If you sit down and pay attention. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know Brendan isn't there yet. Like, but does your family kind of share all that sentiment? Like, do they carry or I'm struggling? They actually my family do. do not. Yeah. My dad will carry in the vehicle, but yeah, my mom, I mean, she hardly ever shoots and my dad's the same way like it, it's kind of odd that me and brennan both are gm <laughs> hard yeah <laughs> my dad like he may shoot four or five rounds a year so what? and that's yeah that's if we make it yeah so it's, it's kind of odd you know how like parents should never force kids to do anything in general especially shooting like force them in that but like for me like i want to force my mother to carry a gun she owns a business she leaves late at night she's by herself it's very dark my dog is freaking blind right now and she goes to shop with my mom <laughs> and i'm like roxy ain't gonna protect you because she can't see shit you know <laughs> and i joke but like i mean I, yeah how 
I don't think there is a way, but like, I really wish there was a way to force them to take it a little bit more seriously. Kid to adult. I feel like we should be able to do that. I don't know. Crushes my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, so outside of shooting, like I know you said you work in construction and we've talked about that before offline. Um, What hobbies though do you have outside of shooting or do you? I mean, I work on cars and stuff like that. I I enjoy working on older cars and stuff like that. But um, (laughs) other than shooting and working on cars, I really don't don't have any hobbies. I mean, I oh. need to get back in the gym, but that's that's uh side note. But you still have female <laughs> variety that takes up your time too. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, yeah. I I wouldn't really call that a hobby though. <laughs> no, I know, I know. That's just like <laughs> maybe maybe at hobbies. Brennan's level, yes, but <laughs> awesome. So how many cars do Kentuckians have that don't run in their yard? You I'm sorry, you broke oh, up just for how many Kentuckians like have uh or how many cars do Kentuckians have that don't run in their yard? Oh my god. Um it's just about like literally every other house. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty common around here. I didn't understand that when I moved to Tennessee and it's like everyone has eight to eleven vehicles, and I'm like, I have one, and if it shits the bed, like that's it. <laughs> I think we have 15 and all of them run. So, yeah. Holy crap. What's your favorite car? (sighs) Dang, you caught me off guard on that one. (laughs) Um, Oh, gone in 60 seconds, 67 Eleanor. Oh, yeah. 5500. Yeah. Okay. Definitely my dream car. Do you have, and do you drive a truck? I actually drive a, uh, 17 Focus ST. I have no idea what that is. That, that's a little Ford Focus. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> do you drift in that thing? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> do you, have you seen that horrible bosses with Ron White? It's like, I don't normally win. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. I've digressed. Uh, well, wrapping up here towards the end, too. Um, you know, looking forward to 2022 for sure and shoot with you. Um, are there any final thoughts that you want to leave listeners with, new shooters with, or anything that we didn't talk about? Not really. Nuggets of wisdom? We got nothing? I am okay. not the one to be talking about wisdom. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. You're receptive to learning and you take feedback and then yeah, you can coach others. Hmm. Okay. Well then any shout outs you want to give to sponsors or people that support you? Uh, mainly just uh Leif at GX Products. About the best holster in the game. He's about he's about white bread hill out. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at that magazine today, he's about done it. I know yeah. there's still a lot floating around, but mm, I'm excited. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the retention there. <laughs> the retention yeah. is huge. Yeah. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. And if you want a holster, uh, order now and you'll get it in six months, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's a one-man show, so I understand yeah. that. But Yeah. No, I snagged him at Nationals. The pro tip is if you see him at a match and he's got his holsters right there ready to go buy one, because I was like, what 2011 <laughs> do you have? It's like that. It's like, that's mine. Done. Like sold. Like no <laughs> questions. That was so, so convenient because I had been looking at him and I was like, yep. He's like, are you sure? I was like, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah, done. Of course, so. I've got it pretty good because he's like 
legit two hours away from me. So if I ever need help with anything, he's right there. He's such a good match director. You need to go shoot some of his different matches too. I think that would help you like NRL 22 and he's got all sorts of stuff in sportsman league, blue, bluegrass. That range yeah. That's one of the locals I shoot every, every month, every month I get to. That's definitely one of my locals. Love it. All right, Trace, how do people find you on social media? Cause I know you're super active on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh trace Decker seven. Yeah. Uh, it, it hardly sees any activity, but <laughs> that's you. There it is. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. And I hope you do really well this year. I'm excited to see what you accomplish and take it easy on yourself. You know, you're so far to. into this. It's, it's quick. <laughs> but don't give up because I and you've got potential for sure. For sure. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thanks all you listeners and tune in to the next episode next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gen Kenzie.